Welcome to another Living in the Past episode for this week. We are in August 1996, and boy, do we have an episode <laughs> for you. We do, as we do every week. Welcome to another. I was gonna, I was gonna start it. I was gonna start it because if I have to listen to this, so should everyone. So let's just oh. like. You, you, you said that like it was a bad thing and that you were pained to have to listen to it. Um, well, if anyone ever noticed, or everyone ever thought like, hey, that Cardigans that did the Loveful, was the rest of the album as good as Loveful? It was not. <laughs> we'll get so, into that later. <laughs> so it's a terrible title for that song. It was, yeah. But that means, you know, Romeo's Calling uh, with, with, with that, sort of, that, that release right there. So Romeo and Juliet are, are coming. Um, oh, yeah. But before we get into any more 90s stuff, uh, let's get into stuff we've been doing in the present day, the present tense, as it were. <laughs> and this is uh, Living in the Now. Uh, yeah, a little no-code nod for next week. Uh, and, and a little bit this week. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. We, a little bit. Oh, by the way, uh, so we, we got a no-code... Pearl Jam's No Code uh, did an album retrospective ranking uh, with a with a good friend uh, that cannot be used for your album or song of the week this week. Just so you know, so you can what? Are you, are you talking to me or are you talking to people listening? To you? Why? Why not? Because we did a whole episode about it. You can do it at the end of year. I'll give you that. And I think this has been uh, we've done this before. Ah, fuck's sake. <laughs> It's Could not you- often I'll have my list before the episode starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's start uh, that. Make it a little bit harder for you. I saw I saw a movie in the cinemas. I, you know, oh, you did. I, I saw the haunt, a haunting in Venice, the new um, uh, Hercule Poirot um, movie. Um, it's getting pretty good reviews. It's it's not. It was good. Like uh, we, it was like very impromptu. Do you give it a good review? Uh, I didn't do it stars, but I was like, it's, I'd say it's a good three, three for. Um, okay. Love seeing it at the Prospect Palace. Um, didn't have a very much, uh, you know, we, we usually talk more about the theatre going experience. Um, mm. We did have two two old ducks behind us. Uh, <laughs> one of them said when something happened, she's like, well, that's a bit far-fetched. <laughs> Oh dear! And I'm like, well, it's a movie, it's not a documentary. <laughs> um, but it, look, it looks so good. Like that, my big thing is that it was just a uh, like, you know, I'm I'm never going to travel, but like, man, uh, it's got some good uh, cinematography of Venice in that movie. It's very very cool. So um, definitely give it a go if you if you uh, um, get a chance. And I also did my uh, yearly rewatch of JFK. So uh, yeah, that's right because I still haven't finished it. And you've watched it again. Oh, no. Um, so, <laughs> what else? <laughs> Another life around the sun and I am uh, oh, man. still there. I was like, I started watching that at 4.30 in the morning. 
I, I have some things I would like to bring up, please. Okay. If I can have the, the floor. Um, firstly, we watched David Farrier's Mr. Organ. Uh, okay. If anyone doesn't know. Oh, is that Farrier on. Is, um... uh, we got it, I think Laura got it through Google Play. It might I think be on it's Amazon. Streaming on Amazon, yeah. Um, I did see that. It's about, it's like about an antique stealer. It's a it's a very weird story. So, for anyone who doesn't know, David Ferry is New Zealand's answer to Louis Theroux. Um, it's he, does a t- he did the tickling thing. But yes, uh, apparently we're going to watch that next. Have you not um, seen it? No, we all of his dark tourists, and Laura's now obsessed with him. Tick, tickled is uh, is quite a thing. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, have fun. Uh, but it's. It's, I think I gave it like four stars. It's really good, but it's quite frustrating because you have to watch it. Um, okay. But it's about David Farrier sees this thing on New Zealand news of this private parking area where people just park their cars when they've got nowhere else to park just, just for like five, ten minutes. And they were getting their cars clamped and being told it's like $700 to be unclamped because it's okay. private property. Yeah. So he started looking into it a little bit, and then it turns out it's this lady that owns a shop, and she's got this weird, sketchy guy called Mr. Organ, <laughs> or Mr. Organ, or Michael Organ, all these different names. He's a prince. Real okay. weird, confusing history. Um, and he's like her right-hand man, but she doesn't say anything, and she can't talk around him. Um, he seems really sketchy, but it's it's just this weird unraveling of him just getting sucked into this guy's... Okay. Weird brain and well, don't, don't give me more because I yeah I I do I think it's on Prime so yeah well um I'll it's very it interesting go. but um another thing I really want to mention is the unbinding ah uh, yes it's on my to do list yes so we've been on it you and everyone else we know for a long time to watch Hellier yes you have uh this is not really Hellier related but it's the same people um so the folks from Planet Weird Greg and Dana. Uh, I've made this documentary about this weird little uh, totem type thing that they came upon. Someone sent them and the way it affected their life for like the next five or six years. Uh, and it's a pretty cool little tale. Um, okay. And it's like the, I think for having known this couple and this, they've got their own museum for knowing of them. And Laura's been a part of like a member with them for a few years now. To see them put out something of like such amazingly high quality, like it's really well put together. It just looks good. It sounds good. It's okay. It's, it's quite impressive. And like it's just you know this little couple. They've got some friends that help them out, and they've got this little nerd crew. That's the unbinding, um, yeah. Yes, the unbinding about. Uh, I think they call the crone. Okay. Um, where it came from, what it is, how it happened, and is it haunted? Ooh. Is it cake? It's it's definitely definitely coming out to October, so you know. That's yeah. Really good. Well, let's get on to the events of August Now I had a couple of things. Um, like, I actually had quite a, quite a lot of events. I've, I've, I've whittled a few of them down. I wanted to uh, mention the Alan Hills eight four zero zero one meteorite that was found in Antarctica, because it is uh, re- referred to as a Martian meteorite. As in, it wasn't in the sky. No, it, it fell to the ground. Oh. It was a fragment. 
Um, and just letting you know that like there was a uh, a big chunk of the X Files season four is uh, kind of based on this uh, phenomenon ah. of uh, of a rock <coughs> that uh, of a meteor that, that they find that some um, that proves the uh, alien existence and and that sort of thing. So well, stay um, tuned, folks. Maybe we'll uh, be discussing X Files season four in the near future. Maybe. Maybe. Um, we have got also a uh, three-year-old boy fell into a gorilla enclosure in Brookfield Zoo in uh, um, Chicago. No, no, in? no, no. Well, she did you say how did it fall in? Said how do you fall in? Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I know how you'd fall in, but how does a child fall in? <laughs> I'll just be walking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my coffee. Oh. Um, <laughs> No, I don't. No one really. Like, she just the kid dropped in, broke their arm, and um, like uh, cut their face up. And then uh, Binti Jua, which is the gorilla, came over, and everyone's like, "Oh no!" Um, but she cradled the um, the three year old and left um, them by the 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 door. Um, she had her own baby on her back as well, and. Uh, was quite the media sensation for the next few weeks. Like, um, basically, sort of uh, saved this this young boy, and um, a few of the a few of the articles I read, it's like, oh, she got lots of special treats over the next few weeks. I'm like, she should probably just get that anyway because she's in a zoo being looked at by people all the time. But it's like, oh, you did something, you did something even better. Here you go. Um, but yeah, oh, uh, I if, thought I thought you meant the child got treats. No, 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 the gorilla. <laughs> um, yeah, the child got scolding. Um, the there is footage of it. And it's actually quite like you 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 think it's gonna it's, you think it's gonna be like the worst case scenario that the girl is just gonna like rip it to shreds. But it's like no, yeah, that's all. that's what I picture. Um, the the queen um, decreed that um, anyone who was married to a royal like loses their royalty after divorce, which um, wasn't the case. Um, for for quite for 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 quite some time, um. But she also said like so. Th- th- it was mostly to do with like, uh, Diane Charles. Um, but the Queen did say that she Di could still be referred to as her, um, was it Her Majesty? Uh, but Charles was the one that said no. Strip her of that as well. <laughs> I mean, she what's that still... even doing for you anyway? What people are just going to say that to you when you? Well, she, yeah, she could she could legally still be called her royal highness, her royal highness. But um, Charles said no. I want that taken off. I don't want her to have that. And it's like you caused this. Oh, he's such a piece of shit. Like I, yeah. I, I encourage everyone just to like you know, even if like you're not even a monarchist, but you're like, oh, he seems like okay. No, he's not. He's a, he's an absolute piece of shit. Um, would, would you? So I've just to slide slightly back into living the now. I watched the first episode of Welcome to Wrexham. Oh yeah, and he comes to visit them, mm-hmm. and they all shake his hand. Would you shake his hand? No, no, no. Would you look at him in the face? No. Should we like that guy when Scott Morrison tried to shake his hand and refused, and Scott Morrison grabbed his hand and tried to shake it? Yeah, then I'll do. I'll do that, and I'll also be like Grace Tame and just look at him like. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i um there was there's all, all matter of um public officials that i would uh refuse to shake hands with. and i you know what i've 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 been a a non-shaker of a hand i've left i have left someone hanging 
um, uh, caused me no end of like uh, <laughs> uh, ramifications, but I still stand by it. <laughs> I-, I think it was one of the the crowding moments of your life when you told but- me about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, whose hand I would shake is I just watched the video of the gorilla and that little boy, and I would shake that gorilla's hand. Yeah. Good. That's incredible. A Song of Fire, oh, sorry, A Song of Ice and Fire, the first uh, Game of Thrones novel, was officially released. He started writing, George R. Martin, George R. R. Martin started writing it in 1991 and then finished it in 1996. What the hell? <laughs> Um, he also said that it's going to be a. Tr- he's, he said like, oh, it's going to be so many books, and he still hasn't finished the fifth one. So you know, um, are you a you a, you're not a Thrones fan, are nope. you? Nah, and I tried. I've tried so many times, and I just I can't. I can't. I just don't like fantasy. How how far did you get? Like halfway through the first season, there just oh, seems wow. to be like okay. there's like a lot of people to take to 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 keep tabs on, and I just I don't have it. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Just give me, yeah. I, look, I can, I, Columbo. I can, I can, I can focus on Columbo. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty similar. No, nope. um, <laughs> you just need a slight sort of uh, bridging show to I get. I see, uh, see of uh, shooting fire at the castle. Just one more thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, Breaking no. Bad, just to get you to Game of Thrones. Oh, that's I the see? that's the bridging show. I've tried. I've tried that as well. Like halfway through the first season, it's just like I don't know. I try. Yeah, it's not worth it. And then I watched Scrubs. <laughs> Look, your time will either come or it will not. We started watching Shit's Creek once and mm. weren't really feeling it. Stopped watching, I think, maybe finished season one. I got close to it and just gave yeah. up because none of it seemed funny. And then it won, like, every single Emmy that is possible to win. Yeah. And we went, hey, maybe we should try this again. And, yeah, from season two onwards, it just seemed to be the funniest show we'd ever seen. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll still never get that another chance. I also got told to get... um. Grace and Frankie. That was a show that people told me to watch. Yeah, yeah you're old. You'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my my goal. I've got two weeks of holidays coming up, so I've got I've got a bunch of ninety stuff to watch. But I I want to get back into the Fargo television series. So that's that's yeah. my um that's my thing. So um uh so on August sixth, nineteen ninety six. What's something good that happened? Uh, the Ramones played their last show. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so <laughs> uh, they played they they played two thousand two hundred sixty three shows throughout their, throughout their career. Um, it was that's quite a lot. Yeah, and I um I remember buying the VHS video, like VHS video, VHS of this um, last show because they had lots of special guests. They had um, Eddie Vedder was there, Chris Cornell was there, Rance was there. Um, they got Dee Dee back for a couple of songs, so. It's a, it's a, like as far as like Ramon shows goes, it's it's career spanning and, and sounds quite good. Why was um, Didi only there for a couple songs? What's that? Why was Didi only there for a couple songs? Well, because Didi's not he's he was he used to be the bassist, but then he yeah. quit because um, Joey slept with his wife or his girlfriend. No, no, Johnny did, and uh, then uh, he also had like drug problems and stuff like that. Too, the KKK so. took his baby away. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, that was Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they made up enough that he would come out for a couple songs, or he I think just they, didn't wanna... I think it was two. I think he does. Do you want to dance? And he does. I mean, it's just the one song. Well, they just committed to the current bass player. They're like, no, nah, you can only do CJ. Don't mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know all their names. So getting into Australia and getting into politics because that's what everyone wants to listen to podcasts for. Yes. So liberal have just gotten into liberals have just gotten into uh, power in Australia. That's bad. 
<laughs> but she comes with a fresh broken. Um, then, um, so they, they handed down Peter Costello um, had handed down his first uh, budget, um, and in this budget, so there was also there's an education minister was Amanda Vanstone. I don't know if you met, met, remember her. But I, I know was, the name. Yeah, so she cut uh, 1.8 billion from. I might be thinking of the drag queen Miss Vanjie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she um she cuts 1.8 billion from higher education funding. She also lowered the hex repayment threshold from 28,000 to 20,000, which is significant. Ooh. So that means as soon as you start earning over $20,000, you have to pay a chunk of your hex back to um to the government. Um and the hex increases went from between 30 to 35 and 125%. So like basically just like I don't know what they were doing, like, just ripping the heart out of, like, people who want further education. I don't know whether they're, like, trying to build up, like, the, the skills. That doesn't make any sense. No, so it doesn't. So, they're taking the money away from universities. I don't think they wanted educated people. More. They didn't want They didn't want educated people. Basically, I think, like, one of the things is, like, they didn't want just people to, like, like to just be studying all the time for free, basically, and never having to pay it back. And it's like, I don't know whether that's the... yeah. Um, but then also, the government cut $400 million from the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Commission. Oh. So, yeah. Maybe oh. when a certain decision comes up in a few weeks' time, you can think about some recent stuff that has been fucked over these people. So, um we also had... Uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of... See, I said at the top, Liberal was bad. So, a um, bunch of protesters um, were already... We had our own January 6th uh, thing happening in, in, back in 1996. Protesters like, uh, who uh, were in a rally against these the workplace reforms um, for the, uh, from the budget um, broke, down the halls, broke down the doors of Parliament House and caused $200,000 worth of damage. Oh. So, you know, we did it first. <laughs> That's... I always wonder when you hear about the the cost of damages, like, do they get a lot of people into quote for those sorts of things? Or are they just like, this thing is worth that much, so the damage is that yeah. much? Like, well, actually, it doesn't cost $200,000 to put up a new door and, like, paint some walls. And Well, I assume that also. That's like, it's kind of like when you're, <laughs> when you're contacting a, a pub about... A party, and as soon as you put the word wedding, that's like, oh, well, it's going to be like thousands of dollars. Like, if you put like doors, but then it said Parliament House, it's like, oh, yeah, two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> like, we oh, can... but those doors are a hundred years old. We'll have to go and find <laughs> doors that are a hundred years old to replace them. They're invaluable. Well, that's not two hundred thousand. If it's invaluable, it's it's zero. Yeah, well, that's some live events. Well, let's get on to some even better events. <laughs> Sporting, Sporting events. Ah, uh, here's sports. Now, I know last month it was purely the Atlanta Olympics. And yes. there's maybe one or two or zero listeners out there that thought, I want a bit more of my sports package. You know, it's, we come to the sports segment for. An array of sports. I just want Fox, Fox Sports. My Fox, I want ESPN as well. Come on. Yeah. Well, luckily, the Olympics has a huge array of sports. And mm. 
after the Olympics comes the Paralympics. Ah. Welcome to the 1996 Paralympics. Olympics, Olympics episode two. Yes. <laughs> nice. Where I'm not going to give you anything else. I know AFL, like, the finals are about to hit. That's all very exciting. Uh, <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> baseball, they're nearing their finals. Uh, NFL and NHL aren't doing anything at the moment. Uh, NBA's not doing anything at the moment. Was there more grind uh, in Europe? Uh, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Right. The Premier League just kicked off. That's a big deal. Football yeah. in Europe is happening. But that doesn't matter because Paralympics. Come on. Yeah, because we it. have football seven aside. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so, of course, it was in Atlanta where the Olympics were. Um, Atlanta didn't really want to have it. Mm. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's, there's still, they still do the bidding system for who's going to have it. I always just assume, like, well, if you win the Olympics, like, you win both sets of Olympics. That's what I would have thought. Yeah, but no. Um, Atlanta was like, I don't know. Are we going to get as much money from like McDonald's and Coke and shit? Or yeah, because like, they they care about them just as much as uh, everyone else. Oh no, yeah, they don't. Oh, okay. Well, you know, apparently they do enough. It goes for a week. Uh, was it? I feel, was it over the sixteenth to the twenty fifth. That's so just over, over a week. week. Yeah. Um. So we had. 517 events across 20 sports, including 104 nations. Whoa. So it's, it sounds like a pretty big event. Like, I don't know why a city wouldn't want to take part of this. Um, a lot of the competitors were not thrilled with <laughs> much of it. Um, accessibility, surprisingly, was an issue. I was just reading that. It's like, apparently, like, and the food was, was like, and all that. Yeah, it was like, the Olympic Village was terrible. Yeah, so everyone moved out after the July Olympics and no one came in to clean up or help and it just became a desolate waste town. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess the, whatever. No one cares. Um, By the way, their uh, mascot, 10 times better. Blaze the, the, the Phoenix. Little eagles. Yeah. That's pretty fancy. Take that, Clippy. <laughs> was it Springy? Not Springy, that was Homer's. <laughs> basically. It was basically Springy. <laughs> Um, so onto, onto the, uh, the events as such, which I don't know why more people don't get behind the Paralympics. You've, you've got your standards, archery, athletics. Because Ben, Ben, as growing up as like a less able person through the nineties, um, well, you were kind of just like hushed off to the side. Like they didn't like, no one really wanted to, as much as like they were, they were saying, they wanted inclusivity and lots of stuff and like, you know, look at what we're doing for like, yeah, it's <laughs> looking back on things now, um, maybe through my own therapy and other stuff like that. Yeah. It was a fucking ableist society back then. It was, it was ridiculous, but anyway, yes, yes, it was, it was, it was disgusting, but it's, I mean, I can't really say that I was a golden child and I was like, yeah, this is greatest. We I watched Oh no, it's but and I, 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 I totally but, understand. But yeah, it's like I, I do think now that we've got like those they're they're giving those um like certain athletes like their the exposure, like more and more people know about it. So I think it's it we isn't it a step in the right direction. Yeah. Having said that, uh Channel Seven's coverage from the Tokyo Olympics to the Tokyo Paralympics. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Um but looking back 
uh, at, I think these events have changed slightly. Um, yeah. I'd have to check, but you know, we're in the nineties now we have archery, athletics, the standards, um, is that bocce? Bocce. Yeah, that notable. Is that the, like the basketball? Have you ever seen that, Doco? Notable? Uh, I haven't seen it, but I know of it. They do have yeah. wheelchair basketball, but we're going alphabetical, so slow down. <laughs> <laughs> we have cycling. I'm sad they still have equestrian, but they're going to think of a, I'm trying to think of a Z. That's all people went for. People just waited for the zip line. Um, I told you, wait. Seven aside football. Nice. Uh, goal ball, which I discovered this a couple of Paralympics ago, is the fucking best sport you'll ever see. Although it sounds like something that the kids in the street made up over the summer. Yeah, I feel like they could have got a better name. Yeah. Um, but it's... explain goal ball to me. So goal ball is basically, I think it's small. It's probably a volleyball court size. Okay. And you've got a goal that is the entire width of the court. Right. And you've got, I believe, it's three people. And mm-hmm. there's like subs, so they swap out. And they're defending this goal. And those three people are all blind. Okay. And you've got this big basketball medicine ball type thing. They just roll from end to end. Okay. Prior score goals. And I think it has like a bell or something in it. And they okay. just got to keep the ball out. It's amazing. I'm just... Oh. You, you, you got to see it. Oh. <laughs> this um, is really good. If, if you right now... Pull over to the side of the road if you're listening in the car. But this is intense. This is, looks amazing. Yeah, and like the way they slide <gasps> around and like keep it out. Did you see? Oh my! I, I'm, I'm saying this like we're both much the same thing. I didn't. The, I didn't. I'm the not guy. Watching. There's a guy who he's throwing this ball down the court, but what he's done is like he's done. He like swings his body around 360 twice to get some momentum behind the ball. It's amazing. Yeah. It's quite a, a skilled, talented little game. All right, it's keep not going. A game. It's an Olympic sport. Uh, we have judo. Another favorite, lawn bowls. And how is lawn bowls not in the regular Olympics? That's incredible. Powerlifting, racquetball, sailing, shooting, swimming, table tennis, volleyball, wheelchair basketball, wheelchair fencing, wheelchair rugby, and wheelchair tennis. Who wouldn't want to be watching this? I didn't watch it now. I don't even listen to you. Exactly. And you don't even like sports. I do now. I like goal ball. <laughs> uh, well, lucky for you, the I think it's the Paris Olympics the next year. Is it? Pretty sure. Is it? Yeah. So the. Oh, sure it is. Yeah. Because it's. Yeah, too, yeah. I really want to make a pun out of Paris Paralympics, but it's kind of already there. Paris Olympics. Um, That's an Australian one. You all right there? I'm <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, okay, yeah. sorry. Okay, you yeah. good? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, the Aussie so... Bells. So, if you want to know, the Aussie Bells are the ones. Um, they're the uh, goalball team for uh, Australia. Why do they have to have a nickname for everything? Why? Why do you do this, Australia? <laughs> do we also already have the conversation of what Matilda is? Did I talk to you about uh, that? Nope. I only found out recently, and... Two people made fun of me for not knowing this in primary school, but I didn't pay attention in primary school. <laughs> I thought Matilda was a woman. I thought that man was dancing with a lady called Matilda out in the bush. Isn't it the bush? Waltzing is to look up at the stars, and Matilda is a swag. Oh. 
So the Australian dancing's... women's national soccer team is called Swags. Um, I what? why? I hate, I... I hate this country. So he's <laughs> so he's waltzing his swag. So he's humping his swag. <laughs> no, waltz, waltzing apparently means to look up at the stars and like gaze at the stars. No, it means dancing. No, that's. I think there's a different spelling. No, it's not. It's oh, fuck's sake. Okay. So I'm onto the metal table. Watching goalball. <laughs> you may recall uh, Britain did not do very well at the Olympics. Good. Uh, but at the Paralympics. Ah, oh, all right. Perhaps mm. they fared a bit better. In at tenth place, we had Japan with thirty-seven total. Ooh. China only coming in at ninth with mm. thirty-nine. Netherlands cracking into number eight with forty-five. Canada, no, huh? how about that? Sixty-nine. Oh, nice. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm really taken by this sport. This is amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's a, France, there's a, there's a SA one. France uh, came sixth with ninety-five total. Spain was in fifth with hundred and six. Great Britain cracked the top five, coming fourth with. 39 gold, 122 total. Germany, no surprise, 149 medals. Incredible. Australia uh, beat out Germany coming second because they had two more golds, but only 106 total. Fucked up system. Um, and America won everything. 46 gold, 157 total medals. They probably cheated somehow. They do. That's what they do. Yeah. Drugs, so hard drugs. The, yeah, 104 it, participating nations. This is wow. How is this? Uh, I don't. I don't know. No, so look, if you if everyone wants to seriously, there's like so the International Blind Sports Federation's got a YouTube channel where they show a bunch of that stuff. And um, recently in August, uh, Australia was in the global um, championships against England. So Ooh. you can watch like full. Uh, games of that if you go to the it's like the Ib, ibsa world games so they were in birmingham yeah oh, gross at the birmingham <laughs> nec <laughs> <They> said... <laughs> so if <laughs> if the aussie bells came on what, what would the uh, birmingham uh, commentator sound like then <laughs> i don't know damn it <laughs> I, I, I don't know where the, where the commentator hails from so uh okay um, cool. Well, I am for one glad you brought that up because now I have a new obsession that I'm going to watch on YouTube and not do the things I'm supposed to do. So, so when it's summer, watch. we can have goalball. When it's winter, we can have curling. Oh. Everybody wins. I see a goalball t-shirt in my, in my future. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that all sports? That is all the sports you need. All right. Let's get on to film. <laughs> Now, there was a lot of film. Are you going to say all of them? Some would say too much. Yeah, I would say too much. Are you going to say all of them? Nope. Okay. You can if you want. I'm going to be over here Google imaging a gold ball t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the ones that I uh, I watched, okay? So, uh, we've got Chain Reaction, Matilda, Escape from LA, Jack. Uh, I tried to watch Shine, but I didn't get time. Love and Other Catastrophes. 
House Arrest I wanted to watch, but I didn't get a chance to. The Fan you watched, Tin Cup, uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau, uh, a very Brady sequel, First Kid, and I really wanted to watch uh, this. You can't find it anywhere, but it's one called Foxfire, which looked like a... Um, there's, there's a bunch of movies this, this time around um, featuring... I think The Craft kicked off a bunch of movies like about a group of girls like... Taking back Angel, Angel Lee's in it. Yeah, yeah, but I can't oh, find it anywhere. Like you can't, you can't. These, I think them. The one I tried to watch on YouTube was of not great quality, sort of thing. But yeah, so I, if you get a chance to see Foxfire, um, apparently it's really good. Apparently she uh. gets she gets tattoos in it. Um, and uh, so, and I, I do at some point want to see the Trigger Effect too because that's like about a, it's like a post apocalyptic one. I think my, my wife. Um, who's studying at the moment, I think um, after, after that I might get into that with her because I think she'll be into that. So let's start off. Chain Reaction is a film with Keanu Reeves and Morgan Freeman. Um, it's made by the same guy who did uh, The Fugitive, so I had high hopes. Way too high hopes. No, it's got Keanu Reeves. Why would your hopes not be high anyway? Um, <laughs> and I was thinking, look, you know, I am nowhere near Keanu Reeves. I'll, I'll admit that. I'm not in, in any stature or anything like that close to looking as amazing as Keanu Reeves does. But I was thinking when I was watching this, hey, he's a little bit chunky. What's wrong with that? Well, apparently he broke his, uh, I think his ankle or his wrist when he was training for this movie. And then he was like, <laughs> he was unable to train for like a few weeks. And then they had to shoot. And like, you would not believe when I look back at like some of the press for this movie, how many people were like, oh... Look like you put on a few. It's like, Jesus Christ, he still looks amazing. <laughs> he might not look like he does in speed, but like it's he's still Keanu. Did he do a uh, a Damon Wayne's in the Great White Hype? I'm not sure what that means. No, should have watched it. Yeah. Um but it's all about um I fucking know. It's uh, all Rachel about, Weiss like, is in it. It's um Oh man. It's all about alternative fuel and like basically the government finds out like they, they've, they've worked out how to basically use uh, hydrogen as, as fuel for your cars and stuff like that. But the government doesn't want that because, you know, it likes petrol. So it does. Uh, his boss is Morgan Freeman, who is not without a cigar the entire film. I don't know what the big love affair with everyone with <laughs> cigars in the 90s, but it was he was smoking everywhere. Um, Do you think... Uh- Cigars were on the way out, and cigar companies were just throwing money at Hollywood. Oh, no, I think they were just like, yeah, like just, yeah, I think they even showed like the brand in this one. It was like, it was ridiculous. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 good, like it's got like a it's it's a, it's just set pieces, like it's it's kind of like the fugitive, at least the fugitive had like a compelling story to go along with it. Um, Says this you. one. <laughs> this one I don't think and I don't think unfortunately the actors involved have the personality of like John, Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford to sort of keep it interesting um, but uh, you've got Brian Cox all you all your succession heads out here it's like one of his first bad guy roles um, but yeah I don't know still I, I think looking I could, old though I bet yeah I, th- I think he was born old um, <laughs> but yeah it's look uh, it's on Disney um, your Saturday afternoon won't be ruined by watching it, but like it won't be made any better either. Um, so yeah, I think I gave it. What did I give it? Two and a half. That's, so that seems quite generous. Middling, middling. Did you watch it? No, I, I thought about it. Um, 
it was between that and Escape from LA for me. And Laura, for some reason, really wanted to watch Escape from LA. Because Bruce Campbell's in it uh, for about mm, uh, yeah. and a half. Yes, I'm pretty sure that is solely why she wanted to. We haven't, neither of us, I don't think, have actually seen Escape from New York. That's all right. It's exactly the same movie. Did you watch, so you watched Escape it? from LA? I did. Um, and then I watched, I, I rewatched, I, I watched it a couple of years ago for a, because like, a couple of my favorite podcasters were doing a, a episode on it. And then um, I just happened to, I, th- I found it at the, the library and I was like, oh, shit, I might as well just watch it again. And I watched it the other day and I was like, look, it is cheesy as all hell, but I don't know. It's scratching itch. So I gave it one star because I thought it was dumb. Laura then. Uh, and then at the end, he doesn't want to be called Snake. <laughs> Make up your mind. God. Um, Laura looked up afterwards and basically informed me. John Car- Carpenter had come out and done a uh, a Dante. Um, and he's like, I didn't want to make this film like Gremlins 2 style. I just gave them all these dumb things that they seemed to want and made this stupid ass film yeah. and showed them how stupid it was. So I was like, well, then I'm, that's validating for me. I'm supposed to think it's stupid, but apparently I'm supposed to enjoy its stupidity. Um, I, I don't know. So I, you, you still just get one though. Yeah. Cause I thought it was a stupid film. Um, and having not seen the first one, I don't know how stupid it's supposed to be. He has to score 10 points across a full court of <laughs> Yeah. He goes um, surfing in some weird canal and jumps onto Steve Buscemi's car. It is, it is a, I, I sometimes like this, this, this year, more than any year, I, the, the, the shocking lack of good special effects makes me wonder how it was sitting in a cinema. Like if you watched, if you if you put money down on the counter and, and watched this movie back in nineteen ninety six and then got this, I think you would be understandably mad. Like it was it was not a good movie. Like and not even to the standard of like most other action movies at that time. Like um as far as acting and and, and even like story wise, the quest was like quite a lot better than this but like he wrote he wrote that john carpenter thing and like look i like i've got a couple of yeah i i love a lot of john carpenter movies like you know one of my favorite movies of all time is, is halloween um oh yeah i don't like i don't sit at the sit at his feet and idolize him like a lot of people do like he did the thing and people just like you know uh think he's yeah, it was cool. But- it was genius, lots of stuff. But it's like, but if you watch everything in between <laughs> and like afterwards, it's 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 hard. Like a lot of it's really hard to watch because it's pretty cheesy. Like it's it it it's not the best stuff. But like, I think he really connects with a certain type of at this stage thirty to fifty year old man <laughs> who just eat up anything that they will do. And um, because it reminds me to me, this just reminded me of like. My childhood, like I'd watch these these movies all the time because it's just they were accessible and they were like they were just stupid and and shit. But like, yeah, this time around I gave it two and a half because it was it was a little bit harder to swallow this time around. It's like Mal, Mal was watching it with me. She's like, "This is really dumb." <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's so dumb. So for anyone that's never going to watch it, Los Angeles becomes its own island because there's an earthquake. I will say the, the ideas becomes- throughout this film are solid 
it's the, it's it's completely the um how it was ma- how it was made. Like it, like this could have been look this could look so good. The idea is that an ec- an earthquake makes LA become its own little island and they turn that into a prison because the rest of America's begun become just like the most ultimate ridiculous super conservative. They don't drink, they don't smoke, there's no women unless you're married. Um there's just nothing. There's no enjoyment. There's nothing illegal ever. It's minority report yeah. almost, but less sexy. <laughs> and then they send Snake to this LA prison island to get back this satellite device that's going to end the world. Yep. I, mean, I don't see a problem with anything you're saying right now. And then at one point, they think it's all over, and the president says, I have to go to my quarters. I've got to pray. <laughs> the, one, the reason I gave it one star and not a half a star, um, partly because of Kurt Russell's sexy booty, but the president's daughter at one point has a badge that says, True Love Waits. And I don't know what that is a reference to or what that is about, but don't don't belittle me here. Can't can't promise that. <laughs> Radiohead oh, had a, have a song called True Love Waits. And it didn't get on an album until a few years ago, but they had played it back in nineteen ninety five. Like the song was around. So some costume designers like, I like Radiohead, I'm gonna put it in Escape from LA. It, is it? I, I don't Possibly. know. Like, it's not like a, a super rare thing to say. Like, it, it's... I don't... Oh, no, wait. Hang on. Her, her dad didn't wait for her because he wanted her dead. Um, apparently, there was also an organization, uh, a Christian organization, promoting sexual abstinence until marriage called True Love Waits. Oh, well, that makes so, sense. So, so like, regard. there's lots of, there's lots of um, like, John Carpenter's very much like... Uh, socio-political commentary in his movies like it's in, and this one like it is like it's like it's a bit more overt and like it's just he's not pulling any punches I liked Pam Greer that that whole section towards the end is great um, Steve Buscemi's playing the role because uh, uh, Rob Schneider didn't answer the phone <laughs> <laughs> that's who he's being yeah he's being okay. he's being a Schneider he's um, being Rob Schneider if Rob Schneider tried to be the Riddler did you watch Jack? I did. I didn't get Speaking through it. Speaking of weird directors. I Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola um, directs Robin Williams and Bill Cosby. <laughs> what a weird... I, let, I, I, did, I couldn't get through it. I just found let, the whole concept weird. Let me find the, the first uh, letterbox review <laughs> that came up after I watched this. It is... A guy called Dirk H said... Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to make a film about a 10-year-old kid trapped in an older person's body played by the hairiest comedian alive. Got a problem with that? <laughs> Fuck you. I made The Godfather. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> no, Francis, you silly cow. You can't. <laughs> um, the style of this movie is so weird. It's, it's like um, there's this weird uh, Halloween party where, or is it, is it that or is it um, New Year's Eve? Everyone's in these costumes. And it's all like, I thought it was like this debaucherous, like, I don't know, it was, it was like, it seemed like a really weird way to start a movie that's a kid's movie. It looked like a school prom to me. Yeah. And then suddenly, setup. like, one of the, like, this, this woman becomes like, uh, she's stuck, gonna have a baby sort of thing. And then you find out that the baby is growing at a, a huge rate. So the time that he's like uh, 10 years old, he's gonna be a 40 year old man played by the hairiest comedian in the world, Robin yes. Williams. And look, 
he saves whatever this movie is. Like it's like it, I, I'll watch Robin Williams do anything. He's amazing. I love him. I miss him. He he is really good. Um, and this one is definitely like when he's <laughs> when he's behaving like a like he, he behaves like a child really really well. Like yeah. the, the anxiety of school, um, just like making friends, lots of stuff. He's he he's he's great. Um, it's just the whole concept is really weird because it. <laughs> Like he's got this men, this this guy that's, that's teached him all these years, and it's played by Bill Cosby. And obviously, no, one, like, well, you'd hope that no one knew then um, about yeah. the real the real Cosby. But um, I'm reading this book at the moment called Monsters: um, A Fan's Dilemma, and it's all about these actors or artists and stuff, and whether you can still enjoy their art after you find out that they're like monsters. Mm. And um, is written by. Um, this woman and, and she's the chapter I'm on at the moment is like Woody Allen and like because like you know obviously quite a lot of people like Woody Allen, but can you still enjoy it? And like she's she's not she's not sort of saying yes or no, but she's definitely saying like there's a bunch of reasons why yeah you d- you definitely can't enjoy uh, art made by these monsters. And I, and I think Bill Cosby would be one of those people. Like I'll, no one will ever go to back to the, the Cosby Show again and be able to watch him in the same way. And for me, this movie, as soon as he popped up, I, I turned it off. I can't. I couldn't do I, it. I still can't get over when I watch Bill Cosby. I, I got through the whole film. Um, he wasn't around enough in it for me. And you, you know me. I'll, I'll, I'll cancel someone at a bad whiff. But he wasn't a big enough. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's, not, look, that's not the whole reason I didn't watch the rest of this movie. It was also the, the, it was very creepy. Um, and I didn't so and I, I didn't even get to Fran Drescher getting in, into it sort of thing so. oh you missed out that was probably the highlight of the film she's she's the best and Jennifer Lopez and oh, his teacher a, yeah and a 10 year old child saying a, a lot of the classroom bit is about they have to do this essay on what they want to be when they grow up and one of the kids says I want to be a gynecologist and she's like and why is that is like so I can See you. And then she leans in and is like, I want you to think really hard about, you know, what you want because I'm going to need a real answer out of you. And then he's like, mm, okay. And then he stops. He's like, mm, Fanny's. And he smiles at the end. Boys are gross. Uh, and then Robin Williams is writing this little list and keeps crossing it out because he doesn't know what he wants to be. And I couldn't get past for like two minutes. He says it's so weird. He goes, I want to be alive. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be this emotional, sincere moment that he just wants to be alive. But he sounded like E.T. Yeah. Alive, idiot. I want to be alive. Um, does he die at the end? No, I thought that he did. Okay. So there's many moments through this film where like, I started to tear up a little bit because I know that something bad is going to happen. And there's this quiet... Uh, long section towards the end where so he his best friend Lewis uh, makes him pretend to be the principal so he can tell his mum that he's a good student okay his mum is Fran Drescher um, and then he ends up later on going to this nightclub to see Fran Drescher they make out because he's not a 10 year old boy um, oh the whole the whole big paradox yeah 
Um, I watched it again recently, and now I'm just like, why do you keep watching this movie? I'm like, I don't know. Because <laughs> if you take that out of it, then it's fine. Yeah. It's Unless just, it's B-movie, apparently. It's just Tom Hanks and Robert yeah. Lozier on a piano. Get, get off his dick. <laughs> his fluffy dick. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he goes to his nightclub to meet Fran Drescher, makes out with a, a bar fight somehow in shoes. I don't know how. Okay. It, it's stupid. Like, this guy punches him and then everyone else just starts fighting. Okay. Yeah, because it's Roadhouse. Um, so then he goes home and he doesn't leave his room for like two or three weeks. Okay. His mum at this point didn't want him to go to school anymore because he asked his teacher out and then he almost had a heart attack. Um, and they're like, oh, he's aging too much. It's not safe for him out there. We need to keep him home forever and he can just die here sad and alone. Yeah. Because um, apparently that's what mums want for their kids. <laughs> um, and eventually, like, all the school kids, like, keep coming back, wanting to play, wanting to play. And it's really sad. Like, he's growing this beard. He's wearing this oxygen mask. And he's just sitting on this chair crying. And I was like, no, I remember him going to high school. I remember him being old. Like, I remember him. There's more to this film. And he does. Like, he gets back out in his life. He goes. He graduates high school. And then he drives off into the distance. And that is it. Okay. Do they cure him? I thought, no. He's, he's like a nine-year-old man at this point. Right. Um, he can barely walk up onto the stage. But then when there's a convertible, he's able to jump into it. <laughs> um, there was one other. I never noticed this. I watched this a few times as a kid. So during the graduation scene, I'm sad you didn't finish it. Um, he's giving this really sweet speech about, you know, think of me when you're still alive and I'm not, basically. Yeah, okay. But it cuts to Diane Lane, who is also incredible, by the way. Um, and next to her, what must be their daughter that they recently had because their child's going to die soon. Yeah. Looks like she's just eaten like a whole pie and is falling asleep. <laughs> she's like coming in and out of a food coma and it completely ruins the mood. And Amazing. I was actually like, I was tearing up with his little speech and I saw that kid and I cackled. <laughs> um, and there's a kid wearing a black flag t-shirt that's 10 years old. Nice. Explain that to me. Oh, you know, anyway, all, all two stars. The Letterbox reviews are brilliant. Um, um, it's it's not as weird as I expected it to be from what you said. Love another catastrophe is an Australian movie that's like just um, it's very art house and you know it's very it's very Australian movie anytime in the nineties. Like it's it's a good snapshot of um, when I had like early Foxtel, there was a, um, a couple of channels that you would, even SBS, like they'll be showing these and it's like, you know, it's got a young Francis O'Connor in it. It's got a, a young, um, uh, not Naomi Watts, um, Rada Mitchell oh, yeah. um, in it. So it's just, I don't know, like it, it's fine. It was like a really quick movie and, and just it was like an Australian clerks, but not as funny or good. <laughs> Do you think if you'd found it as a child, it might have been? Oh, I think if I'd watched, I think I did. I think I did watch this movie. I, I did have fleeting oh. moments like and about it. It's it's, it's um, it's just uh, it's very Australian and like I don't know as much as as unpatriotic as it sounds, I find it really hard to watch Australian movies. Like I don't tend to like them. I know that yeah. sounds horrible, but like outside of Hercules Returns, there's not been many great ones. <laughs> um, I really want to watch House Arrest with um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in it. Um, but I I didn't get a chance to watch that one. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch Tin Cup, um, but I know that you did. That's shocking to me. Yeah, I know. 
I uh, I have it. I, I was just never in the mood for it. I think I watched the start of it once and Kevin Costner's a real dick in it and I'm like, I don't think I want to have it have my image of him sullied. <laughs> so I think I did. He's not too bad. He kind of dances a line between Oops. regular Kevin Costner. Yeah. Um, Happy Sorry, Gilmore. Dances. <laughs> Smooth. Um, and Woody Harrelson from White Men Can't Jump. Okay. This is the white men can't jump of golf. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. I think it's the first the first time I remember hearing the word feminist in a 90s film. This is Rene Rousseau, yeah? Yes. Yes. Um, but he calls himself a feminist. Okay. I think. Well, maybe she calls him one and he agrees. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Because <laughs> um, he asks all his golfing buddies. So it's, it's Kevin Costner. He was like a young college golfing protege. He was going to be the best, and then he ends up just running a driving range. That's Kingpin. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, but this is a serious version that goes for too long. <laughs> um, and he says to all his friends, uh, a, a dad and his son are in a car accident, and the dad dies, and the son gets taken to an operating theater, and the doctor says, I can't operate, that's my son. And everyone's like, oh, I don't know. But the dad died, so how could it be? Who is it? And Rene Russo walks in like, his mum's a doctor. Okay. And they're like, oh. And she's like, oh, you're a feminist. <laughs> um, then he nice. blackmails her, basically, because he thinks he's in love with her because he doesn't want to have sex with her. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's like, you're the first woman I've seen that I haven't wanted to sleep with and throw away. So you need to leave your boyfriend for me because You're I'm special. in love with you now. You're special. My penis, my penis has said no. Yeah. I, oh God, it's the worst. Um, so yeah, he's not a good person. He's also an idiot. Um, See, that's why I didn't want it. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I, was, I didn't want it solid. Uh, there's some weird golf songs in it, like where they actually, I think, sing about golf. Nice. Um, it's oh, What's that song that you say bands always cover? Um, it's a Black Cadillac. No. Oh, Black, Black Velvet. Black Velvet. Oh, nice. Black Cadillac is a Modest Mouse song. It's very good. <laughs> Black that song's Velvet. not in it, but oh, okay. every song just sounds like a shit version of that. <laughs> um, Black Velvet's not no prize pig itself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you can see my problem. Um, so he finally, he gets on, his goal is to get onto PGA Tour because he wants to steal Rene Russo from Don Johnson, who's his arch nemesis, and that's who she's dating. He's like, this. he's not a good guy. He's a bad guy. He's only nice when cameras are around. I'm not nice at any point during the day. <laughs> so I'm real and a feminist. But he is exactly like, have I forgotten Woody Harrison's name? Why can't I jump? Sydney and Sydney uh, and Sydney and Woody. His name's Woody. Billy. Billy. I want uh, to screw. Billy, I want Billy. to screw. <laughs> Fuck. Um, I'm so not here's Billy. For a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the biggest thing I remembered about this film, and it's it's like the pivotal moment. He's two shots away from winning the US Open. Like against his rival, he's gonna break a record for the score. No, I think he already broke the record the previous round. He already broke yep. it. He's two shots away from the green. And he's like, I can make it one shot from here. Because that's his thing. He can he can happy Gilmore. Okay. And Rene Russo's like, yeah, go for it. He goes for it and it drops in the water. Uh. And his caddy um, 
Cheech or Chung, I can't remember who was who, is like, that's that's full. Like, um, we can still take the drop. We'll make it two shots. Like, we'll still win. We've got a couple shots in hand. Like, it's all good. He's like, no, 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 give me another ball. I can make it from here. Okay. And Rene Russo is like, yeah, fucking go for it. And it goes in the water. <laughs> and he does that eight more times. They all go in the water. He can't win the US Open anymore. He has completely lost it. He is an idiot. But his last shot, when Cheech or Chong is like, this is our last ball, man. If you don't if you don't get us on the green, we're disqualified. He gets a hole in one. Well, not a hole in one because you know, he's already had <laughs> hole in <eight> nine. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets it in with that hit. But that doesn't matter because he's got Rene Russo and a tin cup. But this is the annoying thing. Billy lost everything because he was a dickhead and he couldn't just be like, ah, I'll let that one slide. He can't win them all. But he just kept... I mean, I know the moral of the story is maybe winning isn't everything. Why the fuck are you even playing then? <laughs> Why are you at the US Open if you just want to be able to hit the ball from... Seems like a lot of money went into away. this and like you're just wasting <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It's like I still kind of liked it because it was golf and it was Kevin Costner. It's a sporting film and I love it every so, but uh, it was pretty dumb. Well, the second movie that I did not finish was a very Brady sequel <laughs> because I, I love oh, the no. first. I loved the first one. It was very you very did. cool. It was very very funny. This one just played out like a like an episode. Like it played Isn't out like a Brady should. No, but like it's it was just they had none of the um the best part about the last movie was right off the bat the fact that there's this this is this family caught in the 70s and how they integrate with like 90s life and this one is more based in the home where it's just like sort of they just redo like um old uh plot lines from the the series but there's not as much like uh, amalgamation between the '90s and stuff like that. They haven't got Michael McLean as a neighbor, basically, which is what you know what every movie needs. He was busy doing Jack. Mm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I didn't I didn't finish that. Um, I did watch First Kid. I was watching it with my kid, and he left. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Ah, come on! <laughs> with your first kid or with your second kid? My first kid, my eldest kid, and he's just like, uh-huh. Yeah, nah. I'm like, What about Sinbad? He's like, Yeah, I don't know who that is. I'm like, Shut up. <laughs> um. The best thing about it is like uh, you've seen, you have seen Fiddle Dreams, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's you know a golfing the, one, right? <laughs> you know uh, Annie's brother in it, um, the one that uh, <laughs> nearly murders their daughter at the end, <laughs> like by pushing her off the the stand. And the, then the redhead guy, Bonadio. Yeah, the redhead guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's in this as like a uh, he's like this, the, it's, it's based about how like there's this shit of a kid that's the president's son. Um, that no bodyguard wants to um, look after because he's just a, a brat, and um, the, the the guy from Field Dreams gets fired because he <laughs> grabs, he basically manhandles this child, and he's like, "What? The guy's a dickhead!" And they're like, "Yeah, he's ten, <laughs> you're in your thirties." <laughs> so he's um, t- towards the end, you find out he's he's been the kid's been getting threats throughout the movie, and it's and it's, and it's this guy, and um, he basically tries to shoot him. Um, but instead Ooh. shoots Sinbad. But yeah, it was just funny to see. Like, it's like, were you ever nice? Is there any movie where you were ever nice? In? What an odd plot. Yeah, Sinbad basically is a bit of a goofball. He's like, he's not on the president's secret service. He's just on like the general White House. So he really wants it. So he gets given this and boy, did I get some shenanigans. The kid's got a pet snake. Oh, uh oh. Um, 
there's lots of uh, 90s rollerblading and parties and, like, just... It's just... It's really weird. Um, I, I do <laughs> did go down a bit of a rabbit hole because um, the, it was included in a letterbox list of um, films with uh, scenes in a mall. So I started just looking through those movies and it's like there's a lot of like 90s movies like that are set in malls and it's like, oh, yeah. it's actually like a nice place to be set. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, we got one, com- we got a big one coming up <clears throat> with uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger in it in a couple of months' time um, where they have Do big we? set pieces at the mall. Oh, yeah. Something about a uh, a jingle. Um, oh, God. <laughs> um, but apart from that, um, I, what else did I watch? I watched... I watched The Fan. Um, you did watch I've the made fan. a lot of notes about it, but it was kind of just falling down. Yeah, so, it's um, uh, Rob De Niro is obsessed with um, Wesley Snipes. Um, I remember watching that uh, ages ago, and I just, uh, I, I just, it was just a bit boring. Was yeah, tiny. it's definitely too long. Um, and I hate this Californian thing of putting like this weird sunburst filter. Oh, oh dude, it, that doesn't go away for years. <laughs> I don't, like, why is it dusk so often and why is dusk so intense? I think it's just the smog. I think it's just perpetually dusk. I, just, I don't like it. It's unnecessary. This, um, this isn't Days of Thunder. I want to hear about The Island of Dr. Murray and then I'm going to finish on something nice. So, um, I really wanted to watch The Island of Dr. Murray. There's like a, there's a apparently there's, a, there's, a, there's an entire documentary about the making of because it's so messed up because of Marlon Brando. Um, and about his weird demands on set. And I just could not find, for the life of me, a copy of The Island of Dot Monroe to watch. So, you did. And I want to hear from you about this movie that has uh, got, yeah, it's, it's got quite the reputation. Firstly, I'll, um, I'll just quickly go through the notes that I made for it. Feruza Bulk. Okay. Dr. Evil and Mini-Me. Okay. Horrid. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the three things I wrote down while watching this film. So, I, from what I can think of, is that like it's a, it's about a guy who's like um, doing experiments on hybrids of animals and people. Yes, um, I don't know if he's doing it on people or if he's doing it on the animals. Okay, or if he's making them have sex with each other. Um, who's the guy? It's not it's not Sirius Black. I can't remember his Harry Potter name. Um. The shame, oh, um, the shame lizard from Big Mouth. Yeah, no, I, I, um, yeah, no, another guy. Yeah, he's got a funny name. He's got an incredible. Uh, voice, David uh, Thewlis. Yes, Mister Thewlis. Um, I have, I forgot. I did look up someone else who they wanted for it, and they they backed out quite wisely. <laughs> um, yeah, Marlon Brando is before I watched this before you told me anything about like this doco and the, the earpiece. I think. Yeah, and as soon as you mentioned, it, it was like I, I, there was scenes where you can only see one side of his head. He's making sure that you don't see the other side of his head. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if he had. He was scared of the sun. He was always like caked in sunscreen. Yeah. Um, and had that was really... all choices made by Marlon Brando. But he looked like when Alan Partridge tries to be a vampire. <laughs> he just looked. It's true. <laughs> he looked ridiculous. Um. And his weird little animal children that some could talk, some couldn't. And Fruza Bulk was one of his children, but not an animal child. So the earpiece and- that he had in, apparently, um, they would uh, it would get police chatter from um, 
like from like CB radios you, and stuff like that. You mean this wasn't shot on an island? <laughs> I hope that there are scenes where he accidentally says the police chatter. <laughs> Want to find a deleted scene of him saying just 10 4 rubber ducky or something? I, I, don't know. I Coast, David Phillips has got a lot to say. He says. Making this film was like trying to complete a crossword puzzle while falling down an elevator shaft. <laughs> oh, yeah. Watching it was like trying to do a crossword puzzle that when you wanted to be dead. Um, it's just there was nothing about it that I found enjoyable. Or, or like, it's not even comical to watch how bad it is. Yeah. Like that... I watched the entire thing. I wasn't even on my phone the whole time. And my phone has a lot of cool stuff on it. <laughs> and I'd much rather look at it. Apparently, but- John, John Frankenheimer hated Phil- Val Kuma so much that in the last scene, he said, cut, now get that bastard off my set. I forgot he was he was even in it. Yeah. It's just the whole time sitting there just going like, what, what is this? And why? I remember posters for it. I remember as like a kid seeing that in the video store and be like, oh, that's cool. I like Val Kilman. I wonder what that's like. Uh, it's just awful. I don't. I don't think I rated it at all because Letterbox doesn't let you rate it zero stars. But it's not getting half. Oh, you know, I mean, you maybe half. half of Feruza. Yeah, I did, I did give it half. Um, there was but, a day. A day's feeling was cancelled when um, Brando and Kilmer refused to come out of their trails until the other one did. <laughs> um. <laughs> Valkyrie was just recently got uh, he got he found out two days into it he was getting divorced. Um, oh, that's right. I think did he? I feel like Marlon Brando had something similar happen. Brand, oh, Brand, um, Brando had his, his girl his um, daughter committed suicide. That's right. Um, his idea was for director Dr. Rhodes to wear an ice bucket on his head in one scene. He came up with the idea because of uh, out of boredom and the heat. Everyone was too afraid to ask him to remove it. Brando explained the idea to John Frankenheimer said Moreau had secretly mutated himself into a dolphin man. The bucket was to cover up a blowhole in the centre of his head and the ice being poured in kept him hydrated. That's how blowholes work, I think. you got to put ice in them. Oh my lord, this is but like... yeah. Part of me wants you and other people to watch it cause, so you can see the madness. Yeah. But I think it needs director's commentary. That's what this film needs. I'd watch it again if we could have that. I, w- I still reckon I'll see this, watch this at one point, and I want to see this doco. Um, There's, I, I've got a couple more I quickly want to mention, um, because as long as I've known you, I've wanted and owned the film Basqua. Basqua? Basque? Basque. Let's, yeah, I think, let's it's go with Basque. I think it's Basque. Um, Jean um yeah. The artist, yeah. Yes. Uh <laughs> I, I always wanted to watch it because I knew Bowie was in it. Yeah. I didn't remember that Bowie's playing Andy Warhol, which I don't know if it was supposed to be hilarious, but it kind of was. <laughs> it's it's not very good. Oh, really? Um, Like, it's got a great cast. It's got um the vampire guy that always talks like this. Um, oh, um, Michael from... Wincott. Oh, man. But he's not talking like that. From Crow. Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently he can tone it down a little bit. Oh, I don't want yeah. that. I want full uh, Wincott. I also didn't realize this was Jeffrey Wright. I thought his first film was Casino Royale. <laughs> 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 I don't remember oh, ever seeing him before oh, that film. Benjamin, like, hey, this guy's good. Benjamin. It's like yeah. a Felix Leiter there. 
Um, Benicio Del Toro is in it, playing a very different character to what he did in The Fan. Uh, Dennis Hopper plays Ugh. Andy Warhol's, like, kind of camp right-hand man. Okay. I think. Posey Parker Posey. Posey Parker. <laughs> uh, Gary Oldman, unfortunately, is in it as well. Courtney Love is briefly in it. Of course. The glorious Claire Falani again. Willem Dafoe, no one <laughs> needs. Um, Sam Rockwell was in it for like 10 seconds as oh. a thug. Super weird. And Christopher Walken tries to interview him at one point. And he says... Um, he's talking about his career and like Madonna and things he's done. And he goes, you even DJ'd. <laughs> DJ'd. Because he can't not be Christopher Walken. <laughs> ever. Um, but it just the it, discs. Played the music. Didn't seem... For someone that seemed to have had such an incredible short life, um, I don't know if it's appropriate to say the 27 Club, but that's what yep. you say he was a member of um yeah he just he'd done so much and it seemed so extravagant and this film just it didn't capture any of it um okay. it just i know a few people who, who used to love this movie and i don't yeah i've never seen it before so yeah that's... i also didn't realize so in june of this year we talked about uh a beck album and yes. a very good song there called jackass yes that's not a completely original song Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Um, he sampled like that do 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 the little like the funky little intro bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so a band called Them covered a Dylan song, and that was what they used, and that's ah, what he okay. sampled. Some would say stole. <laughs> um, like it's a good cast. It's got a good soundtrack. There's a lady wearing Marge's Chanel suit, which was funny. <laughs> it's March. just ah. Uh, Nothing, just nothing really happens. And then he's that's, dead. That's the, that's, nothing really happens is the August 96 motto. Like, it's just these movies, mm. apart, apart from my love of this. And I'm, I nearly didn't watch it again because I, I, I hadn't seen it for a while. Matilda, isn't it? Oh my God. It is great. It is um, the breath of fresh air that I needed after watching a lot of shit. We have to talk quietly because Laura doesn't know that I watched it because I think she really wanted to, but she wasn't being around enough. Yeah. Uh, if if I didn't watch it by myself, I wouldn't have got to see it at all. She it wanted is... to escape from LA, so suck it. it is suck so it, good. Bruce Bogtrotter. I watched it without you. <laughs> eat a cake, eat a, eat a cake, Brucey. Um, yeah, this is... Did it bother you that DeVito narrates it, but he's still quite an integral character? It's weird. That is weird. Yeah, because he's a great um, narrator. But like I, he's clearly a different person. Like he's being so nice and narrating it, and then the dad's a complete ass. Yeah, I um and but apart from like it's it's just I mean I and I I was great to see um Paul Rubens in there um in like yeah. a little bit part of the FBI and um speedboat yeah. salesman <laughs> speedboat salesman yeah um the bog trotter bit's amazing um it's just it's such a well crafted kids movie and it's it's not. One and look, I'm not, I'm not a warrior of like you know a lot of a lot of people sort of go, kids movies these days they're like you know they're too emotional they're too like they're not real enough and it's like like I, kids are kids like that they're they're like they're gonna like movies for whatever reasons this one yeah. doesn't does not pull like it, I will say yeah this one doesn't like pull as punches as as, as my, uh, like it's not like first kid 
this one does gross things and scary things, but like you, it takes the time to make you love the characters so much that you don't really like it. It's all, it all seems fine. So yeah. And it's, I don't, I don't have a huge connection with this film from my childhood, It, but it doesn't look not not a lot happens it doesn't really go anywhere it's a bit of a fairy tale but it all seems to flow along so nicely and you get caught up in it so quickly yeah there's just something so innocent and enjoyable enjoyable about it i don't i don't know what it is um i i think like it, it was and look i've only watched it since like i've had kids i didn't think i watched it back in the day because i mean by this time i'm like 14 so like i probably would have been in that snotty stage of like mm, kids movies um so like yeah i i don't um i know a lot of people who are like a, f- a few years younger than me that like absolutely love this movie and i'm like late to the party because it just it didn't like i wasn't in that sort of realm but yeah, it's like watching it now. Like I'll happily watch this again in a couple in a couple of uh, in, a, in a year's time. Something like it's, it's something I could watch yearly. It's just it's just a really and nice. I, I gotta say, thing. some some of the effects are, are pretty decent. <laughs> yeah, John Carpenter. Like when, watch watch Matilda Carpenter. <laughs> like when she's making those cards and all that shit fly around the room, like it's. I mean, it doesn't yeah. look like a film now, but it looks pretty even, good. For like, even a bit compared where, like, to Escape from L.A. Even when Trunchbull was like um, swinging the the girl around by her pigtails, like it's it's it looks good. Like everything sort of looks good about it. It's like it's yeah. it's, it's a good it's a well made movie. So I do love that she's just yeeting kids around though. Oh, I mean, look. yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like that kid. Throw it out a window. Yeah, no, it's 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 and. I also loved the musical that came out um, on Netflix. If you don't get a chance to watch it, um, I've seen a lot of people like. There's been quite a few remixes of the, the some of the songs overlaid with like Rob Zombie and stuff like that. But yeah, um, uh, but yeah the um, the musical is really good. If you get a chance. there's there's also a, a couple of these songs that I don't want to be uh, sound like an old person here, but they've made quite a wave on TikTok lately. I bet. Because someone at work asked me if I'd seen Matilda. I was like, oh, not since I was a kid. And they were shocked and said how great it was. And then the first song, I think, is it Talking Heads? I'm pretty sure, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Um, that that was huge on TikTok, like at the start of the year. Oh, wow. Super weird. Um, for, for other reasons, but still. Um, did you find it had any sort of weird message? Because um, the, the whole thing kicks off when... Danny DeVito accidentally says if a person does something wrong, they should get in trouble for it. They should be punished. Yeah, and I think that's the whole thing is like it's it's about parents um living up to the, like it's 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 she lives in a world where like she's like forced to do stuff because like it's just adults are the ruling class and it's giving it's the whole movie's about giving kids agency of like, oh no, like they're in charge, like, you know, and they should be they should be set at the same standards as children. Which, you know, I'm all for because uh, the amount of times I've seen children misbehave or something like that and then, like, you look, then they, you meet their parents it's like, oh, okay, I get that. <laughs> it's like, you know, I can see where they learn it from. I'm so, big, yeah. you're small, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, it's it's really it's really good. And, like, I, I kind of wish that um, it should actually be, like, part of the, 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 the um, curriculum to watch this because 
you know, I know like having kids at school sort of thing, like you're, you're, you're told a lot about, you know, how everyone should be uh, respects, like earned, not demanders sort of thing. And this, this, this that's the, the message to this film is like, be nice, be kind. Yeah. Be, do good things. And if chalk just starts randomly writing on the chalkboard, don't be scared. <laughs> None of those kids batted an eyelid. Nah. It's they just... were not at all affected by the possibility of a ghost. Believed. Um, mm. Cool. All right. Well, that's that's film. Um, I'll do the US box office, uh, which is it was a time to kill. <laughs> See my July episode uh, <laughs> dissertation for that. Um, number two was Independence Day. Number three was Jack. Number four was Tin Cup, and number five was Matilda. Should so, probably flip that around, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so let's get on to TV. <laughs> So um, there was this uh, show that came up. Um, I haven't seen it since the early days of uh, Comedy Channel on um, the old Foxtel. Uh, there's, there's this TV show called Arliss. It's about um, a guy who's like a sports uh, agent. Um, it used to be Arliss and then The Critic was like one of the nights on. And I used to love it because I, I love both those shows. Um, but yeah, it's really hard to find Arliss these days. Like I'm not sure where like, I think you have to get it from... Like you probably have to download it or whatever. Um I've never heard of it. It's really cool. It's got um yeah, Robert Wool, um, who you'd know as um he's the annoying guy in the Batman eighty nine, um that is writing the articles about Batman. Yes. Um Sandra O oh was in it and she's great. Um Michael Boatman uh From Spin City. Yeah, uh, no, uh yeah, from Spin City and then um Jim Turner who you won't know that name, but when you see his face, you're like, ah, oh, him. <laughs> um, in a good way. So, oh, yeah, okay. if you um, it, it's one of those things that if I ever saw it, like, um, you know, reasonably priced, I'd, I'd, I'd probably pick it up. It's, it's, it, it doesn't even really look like a show to me that got released on a physical format. I think so. it was HBO. I think it was a HBO show. Like, one of the early ones. It was like this and Oz. <laughs> um then we also had Keenan and Kel, um, which is a little bit bef- uh, after my time. Like it was like that whole Nickelodeon explosion. Like I just sort of, I was in for the cartoons, like you know, uh, like Hey Arnold and Our uh, Monsters and stuff like that. But then the next phase of like Keenan and Kel, and then um, what? So that'd be like Good Burger the movie, and um, even getting into like Lizzie McGuire and lots of stuff. Like I was just I was checked out by then. Yeah. So I didn't uh, I didn't watch that one. Um, then we have Seventh Heaven, <laughs> which is that show was still going. No, no. no? Uh, it is it ran for a, a while though, right? It did. It was a uber Christian uh, show about this large family, and it was it was super creepy. Like all the kids were perfect. It was one of the whitest shows you've ever seen. Um, it was all about you know sex, no sex before marriage, and like um, it was very very uh, heavy on. Uh, sort of suppressing especially female sexuality at the time and like but the, the men were like you know let's basically do whatever they want and it was all fine um you know everyone sort of you know people liked it people hated it sort of thing but then stephen collins the uh the main dude i don't know if you remember this a few years ago 2014 Uh-oh. uh audio arose uh, uh, an audio recording came up of him um saying how he had abused a minor 
And then um, three people came forward, and he's now he he got convicted. And um, I I knew about it, and then someone told me what was on those tapes, like what he said and like what he admitted to, and it is frankly fucking revolting. Um, please look into it at your own peril. Oh. <laughs> it's it's not nice. Um, but it was also very ironic seeing as like he was this patriarch of this like uber christian family on tv and then he like did basically everything that you would you know where you think like oh i bet they have some skeletons and it's like he had a fucking mausoleum (laughs) of of shit that um he he was keeping hidden so yeah the show was not on anymore (laughs) um a happier thing about the show um the dog uh sadly not alive anymore um was in as many episodes as the rest of the family. Oh. It was it was the same dog for eleven years called Happy. I think, think um the dog was the one that taped him saying that shit. So probably <laughs> took him down from the inside. <laughs> um, before we go on to music, we have a uh, thing we do every single episode where oh. we go through the. Guests of Conan O'Brien, because we're huge Conan O'Brien fans <laughs> on this show. Um, we do it to the tune, well, I don't do it. Um, ben does it to the tune of The River of Dreams, but it's called Whatever River of Guests. Um, I'm, I'm, look, I loved We Didn't Start the Fire a bit more, but I'm I'm going to stick with you. Oh, you don't really have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't change it mid-season. No. No. That, that would be cheating. Also, um, I'd probably end up doing River of Dreams when I try and do Red Side of Fire because they're quite similar. Um, so I, uh, I'm just going to, uh, just just to kill some more time. Um, last month I read out the date, and I was mm-hmm. a bit more specific because the Olympics were on. Uh, they did not have as many episodes. Um, but as we mentioned back in sports, uh, society didn't care about the Paralympics. So there was quite a few episodes, so I will okay. not be. I will be rushing right. through a bit more. Cool. So we, let's get into it. It's going. I'm going to count you in. So five, four, three, two, one, go. Gary Hall Jr. Dr. Rice Brothers, Carl Lewis, Mark Moran, Travis Ford, Sharon Miller, Mia Kirsch, Alan Tucson, TBA and Kevin Pollock, Jeremy North and Tricor Quest, Jackie Chan, H. Keith Melton, Thora Birch, Kira Sedgwick. Robert Allen, Sorrel Cough, and John Cry, Carol Channing, Brian Benson, Lisa Leslie, Deborah Norville, Hootie, and the Blowfish, oh. Richard Lewis, Angie Everhart, Ralph Harris, Robert Wool, Mary Van Pell was 311, No Lonzo Morning, John Sebastian, Carmen Glocklin, Monica Crowley, Lewis Black, Yasmin Bleeth, Edward Burns, Shania Twain, Robert Givens, Lara from Boyle. I kind of had to just throw that in there because I couldn't start a new. With, him, with one name, I should have just left her off. Shania Twain. Um, well done. Look at you. Thank you. Um, uh, my neck hurts for some reason. <laughs> uh, so let's get on to music. All right. So the R charts. Uh, killing me softly. For the Fugees, um, we've got Celine Dion, Because You Love Me. Why not? But we've also got... Now... Don't do I, it. i got to do it once. 
Do you? Because this is for the next nine weeks in Australia and 16 weeks in America. 16. 16 weeks. Ooh. This was a song that was assaulting everyone's ears. Yeah, the Macarena was was huge. It was just... Ugh. Look. It was the original Gay Name style. It was the original Who Let Dogs Out. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to play um, the thing because it's just... I don't want it to be in my algorithm. <laughs> um, uh, I will say that at one stage... We went. I went to school with a uh, a young man named Ashley, and uh, I can't believe I can't remember if it was like a camp or a an excursion. And Ashley's dad came on it, and he was a bit of a hard ass. Apparently, it was um like I wasn't I wasn't involved, but like apparently was not a great person to be around. And <laughs> on the bus ride home. <laughs> Changed the, a bunch of kids changed the lyrics to Ashley's Dad's a Wanker. <laughs> <laughs> um, to the tune nice. of Macarena, and that's all I can think of <laughs> when I hear the Macarena. But yeah, so um, that's all I'm gonna be saying for for the charts. Like, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It was it was just this is the start of like these viral hits, and it's just it's insane. I mean, um, not like we'd still had things like that before. It's just, mm. it's different because it's just some weird, catchy thing that, yeah. Um, I'll go through some of the albums that were really released. Um, I'll go through all of them, but uh, we've got, so we've got Modest Mouse. I didn't like the um, album that much, but the um, the band name, the Olivia Tremor Control, was just, that's a, and like the, the album's name is Music from the Unrealized Film Script. It's actually, it's actually not bad. It's just a bit ambient. Um, we got the Cardigans, Eels, Low, Failure, Better Than Ezra, Real Big Fish, White Zombie, At the Drive In, Sneaker Pimps, Mountain Goats, Anti Flag, and Pearl Jam, and Alia. Oh, Alia. Her. Alia. Alia. I think she died, didn't she? She did. Yeah. Um, so, a pretty small selection of um, music this month. Like, we had a pretty big one small, last month. Oh, but a good size. This is. Oh, yeah. I, I can live with this. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really like the cardigan. Like, I, look, Love Fool's a great song, but like okay. that, that hell album's like, I don't know, it was, it's, I'm not sure what they're going for. Like, I'm not sure what that, what you'd call that style of music. It's just, yeah, it's a bit odd. So, um, we went to a so-called grunge nineties night on the weekend. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh, it was. That's right, only... invite me. That's right. I didn't want to go. Well, I didn't think you'd want to go. Um, there was only five grunge songs played across like five hours was love for one of them no but <laughs> we were talking amongst ourselves and we're trying to think did britain have any bands that were kind on the grungy side ash that's that's what our, our friend danielle said ah, uh, buffy the vampire friend ah, um the vampire friend. <laughs> she said elastica at one point oh yeah and i almost said the cardigans and then i remembered that i'd listened to this song <laughs> that week and went no 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 I'm thinking of the wrong band. They are not anywhere near. I always um, thought they were Swedish. They just look Swedish. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's the blondness. Um, and then they have that. What was that song? Uh, is it favorite game? Yeah, yeah. that's a good bam, one. Bam, bam. Um, and that film clip for that, she's in a. It's her in a. Um, car without the top. The, the car with the top down, and she's got this like big. Those sort are of called tr- convertibles. <laughs> Do they have a carburetor in them? Um, Ooh. She has this big uh, tribal tat on her arm. Um, but it's if you look closely, it starts rubbing off on the seat because it is very hot oh, and no. it is very fake. And it's, there's some bits where you can see it's just smeared across the seat. And I'm like, oh, no. That's a shame. Yeah. Um so, Modest Mouse, it was like a, that was like a, more of an EP. It was like a lot of live songs in there. Um, it was not bad, though. I've, I've... Some, some of them were good. There was, um, there's, there's a couple of good little numbers. Some, I think they still play. I think they played one of them when they taught here last, yeah. I think. Um, Possibly. Better Than Ezra was, yeah, it was all right. Like, it's, it's very much, I'm starting to not get. Not as good as the last one. No. Um, like it's just a bit of nothing. Like there's there was no hooks to a lot of like, a lot of songs. It was just very odd. I liked it at the drive-in. Like it's it's good to see them early on. Like I I don't mind them. And this was that's that sounded a lot more at the drive-in than I expected it to. Um, yeah. Because uh, what's because uh, you just assume they just evolved and had one arm scissor and that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you can see where they're going for in this. Yeah. It's yeah. I thought relationship relationship of command. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. I thought like that was where they grew to and that was their peak. But this is actually pretty good. I could see myself listening to this more if I was still 16. I remember someone said like when I was in a band um, that stand, like Stan Jean and like one of, someone came up to the guitarist and said there was like bits that sounded like um, at the drive-in and he got so offended because he's like, oh, no, we're doing something like that. And I'm like, oh, no, that's a pretty decent. I'll take that compliment. Yeah. Yeah, those, those are some very talented people. And I can't think of anything in that I would have written for that band that sounds remotely like at the drive-in, so I'll take that. Um, White Zombie I didn't listen to because it's White Zombie. Uh, I really like Sneaker Pimps. That was fun. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Have you seen them before? No, this is their first yeah. album. Um, uh, Six Underground is the, the big one, the big hit from that one. Um, I, I Yeah, I was... They're the ones I kind of latched onto in a couple of hours as well, but yeah, I was um, uh, very, very nicely surprised by them because um, I assumed that they were, they were a bit more sort of technical, techno-y sort of thing. But they're—it's kind of got a nice groove. That's kind of the standard drum beat for most sneaker pimps. <laughs> Bit, uh, Shed Seven Zero Seven. I think I think a lot of bands um, copied them because like it's there's like I think they kind of sound like those um like an Australian band like it's, I don't know there's this I think yeah they they got uh they got ripped off quite a bit but um what did you listen to I listened to Real Big Fish <laughs> and the radio off did you because I quite like this in high school. I even thought at one point I confused and thought it was a greatest hits album well, in like my memory. I thought that that's what I thought I had. Yeah. Yeah. Who I? Yeah. 
I freaking love this album. <laughs> Did you listen to it now though and go, man, these are a lot of the songs that are the same song? I listened to it now and said, I can't believe I remember every single lyric <laughs> because <laughs> I did. I, all I can picture is Andy Samberg in Brooklyn Nine-Nine saying that he'll be scarred Scar, till he dies. We'll never he'll be scarred till I die. Um, I've and been going, a year later going, man, I'm glad that phase is over. No, I, I've been on a big a big Scar hit this year, um, listening to a lot of new bands as well, and I'm very much back into the Scar stuff. I, I fucking, it's... Well, I listen to look- most mornings as I'm getting ready. It's amazing. And I, you know what? Scar will never die. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing you at the next Scar show in your fedora. Look, if I, I look, you know, I tried, I tried to find a fedora back in the day and I just did not, my head did not uh, approve of that. Um, so then I went for the well-worn uh, Irish scally cap look. And, uh, I think you just needed a better salesman that could tell you that you can really pull it off. <laughs> you look really cool. Um, it's illegal for you to ask me that. I, I look, the thing is the Scar, and I, like, I've said it on before, I, like, I wish I could have played in a Scar band. I, I nearly joined one once, but they wanted me to play guitar, and I was just starting to not be into guitar and i was like i'll play bass or i'll sing but i don't really want to play guitar like, now nah, we want you to play guitar and play solos i'm like ah, i don't really want to do that so <laughs> i didn't um because i'm not very good at playing scar on guitar either like it's it's that 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 down the upstroke is is quite hard to do yeah um but this is like you need a lot of um talent to do these songs like there's a, there's yeah. a lot going on in these songs and it's a big band yeah, and then that's why the Scar Pants break up because they have to like they don't get paid anymore, but they've just got eight members and you gotta like you get very little residuals and stuff like that. So um so but I always liked Rubik Fisher's on wear on their sleeve, like we know that we sound like sellouts. We know that we that you get that half of you are gonna hate us and you think we're just doing it for the money, which there's no money in this whatsoever. Um I just liked how how sort of up front with that they were it was great yeah. um and, and i don't think funny. any of them and i don't think they, yeah and I, and I don't think any of them are, are shitheads either so um not not like those mad caddies Ooh. <laughs> just a simple google church about that you'll be fine um so let's i might but I, look i love that album but i have to say that my my big one for this um this month was isn't that code the eels. Oh, I, I I was waiting for you to jump on Mountain Goats. Uh, the Mountain Goats was good. Like it's it's still back when it, in its solo days. This, this is a decent material. one. Um, but I, look, I like it. It's got um a lot of he's got like a lot of songs um like going to Bogota, going to Kansas. Like it's it, like those ones are really cool, and they're very rare these days for him to play those ones. So when I'm in my little Mountain Goats group, and they're like, oh my god, he said they he went they played going to Scotland. It's like. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I don't do well with Uber fandom. <laughs> I think, <laughs> but um, never, never read the comments. Yeah, but man, never came for the soul. Um, yeah. Rags to rags. Um, I I was obsessed that so the the film clip for that was um, a take on Funniest Home Videos, but they were all sort of wearing drag and like like just doing doing stupid shit, and I really like. 
I just I love his voice. Um, I'm not a huge Eels fan. Like I, I I'm probably a bit more of the um, like I'm just like the, the sort of the popular stuff. But this this whole album is great. It's got my beloved monster, which the people know from Shrek. Um, Beautiful freaks and brilliant song. Susan's house is great. Um, yeah, and then most people would know Never Came for the Soul. Um, yeah, I had a really I I I hadn't listened to this album. Uh, in, in its entirety for a while like I, I actually kind of wish that I'd bought this back in the day so I would have been way more into it I was just more into the singles back then but yeah I was having some uh, I'm going to say Spotify issues but I ended up listening to Never Came For The Soul three times and then never got to the rest of it <laughs> but I assume the rest is pretty good it's pretty much like Never Came For The Soul <laughs> and I didn't delve too hard into a lot of the album like I listened to um, At The Drive In A Bit Modest Mouse I knew pretty well. Real Big Fish. Um, I tried out Mountain Goats, thinking that maybe they've advanced on from his. They get to full band. That's not horrible. Um, let's. They get. They get to full band in two thousand and two. Oh God! Yeah, um, there's still uh, four more albums before that. <laughs> uh, I I thought No Code was going to be my album of the month, so I didn't try that hard to find what my other album of the month yeah, would be. You should have uh, thought about that. I did think about it. I thought <laughs> my album of the month. Uh, my album for the month is going to be uh, yeah, Eels. It's just it's really good. Um, Mine's I reckon... turn the radio off by Real Big Fish because that makes me partly happy. because of beer. Um, but there's a lot of songs there that don't all sound exactly the same. And it was it's a it's a fun time. Um, I'm going to give my song. Of the month, I mean, it would be good. Just, I mean, I could just give it to sell out because that's like the 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 great song of Ruby Fish. But being a bit more of a a fan, I I won't go for the for the obvious choice. I thought beer was the obvious choice. Yeah, beer's there. Um, I like all I want is more. So I'm going to say that is my song of the month. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good song. Is that by Ruby Fish? Actually, no. I'll I'll never be by by um. Ruby Fish is my song of the month. I don't remember which one that is. It's probably one of the ones that sounds like all the other ones. <laughs> no, it starts like this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do this, know that one. Okay. The bass of this is so good. Matt Wong. Oh. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. It's got mine, mine has to be Nova Kane for the Soul because... You listened to it three times. <laughs> I did, and not one of those times that I think about skipping it to the next song. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, cool. And Matilda was obviously the film because yeah, Matilda's the film. Yeah. Everything else was garbage, but even if it wasn't, Matilda's amazing. It was just delightful. So next week we got our No Code special with um, our good friend uh, Paul Wright, and then we're back into September after that. We got our Simpsons episode coming up, um, oh, yeah. our second one, and um, I think then it's like a pretty cool. I want to. I'm trying to think of um, long play here of whether we're going to try and fit in 97 um, uh, before the before the year's out too, but we'll see how it goes. Um, and then... There might potentially be some sort of spooky episode. See what happens. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll try. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, it's livingthepastpod at gmail.com. If you want to uh, look at some stuff, it's the Instagram, um, the same name, livingthepastpod. <laughs> Um, if you want to look now. at stuff, go to this uh, app that lets you look at stuff. 
It is now 8.33 on a Monday night, so you're lucky that I'm even conscious right now. (laughs) (laughs) Sure am. So, until next time, um, love me, love me, say that you love me. The sun-drenched month of August sipped away like a bottle of wine. Jesus. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carly Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlykagenvin.design on Instagram. Or email her, carlykagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a faster review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.